You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is Vicky Colavon, and I'll be interviewing Dr. Akram Alameni. Okay, uh, I don't care. It's the last interview, so I'm going to be more <laughs> relaxed. He's an amazing guy. Very cool. Oh, thank you. Very young. And he does, uh, I'll tell you the truth. I had no idea about his topics. I don't know anything about antennas. So I watched two great videos. One of them was a TED talk. And, uh, he was so passionate, as he says, about an antenna electromagnetism. And, um, I think I understood a few things, but he, you'll be explaining more. Okay. <laughs> so at the, you're at the Queen Mary University and you're associate professor already. Okay, and you do also amazing events there, and you'll be organizing next year's Moby Health in London. Yes, that's true. Which is related to this one. Exactly, so this was yeah. in Athens. You'll yeah. be doing the one in London. So now to go to your uh, research. Cognitive radio, sensing and learning from your surroundings and environments. But please explain what cognitive radio is. What do you mean? Okay, so the cognitive radio, the concept which using the word cognitive comes from cognitive science, cognitive thinking. So the brain actually observes and learns from the environment and then adopts these learning techniques and apply it in reality. So radio is made from, for example, you can control it through software or computers, uh, design uh, uh, radio components like antennas and microwave devices that actually can be reconfigured to do whatever function you ask it to do. Okay. So then the radio, the cognitive radio device will actually start sensing the, the, the wireless connectivity, the radio distribution around it, and then decides which is the best, for example, band to use, what is the best link for communication between, for example, person in location in Athens and patient location in, in London, for example, if you want direct link, and then decide that we're not going to use this frequency, but I'm using this one because it's less congested. It's, it's a free uh, band that people can have a higher quality communication with it. So it's all the time learning from the environment, thinking what is the best mechanism for communication around it. Okay. Well, sounds, so this is the basis. So when we go on to talk about antennas in, um, in materials, in uh, fabrics, so... Do they do the same thing? So we'll be wearing a jumper or something and we'll be deciding where's the best connection to transmit the data? Yes. Yeah, so that's the basis, right? Yeah, so cognitive radio is the concept. So it's, it's like saying, for example, mobile communication is a concept of different mobile devices do it differently. Mm -hmm. So uh, textile electronics, textile antennas are a way of integrating these rigid component that everyone sees as metal into your clothing. In this case, you don't have, uh, for example, to be distanced from your mobile device or you don't have to to be careful where you're putting it in your pocket or in your bag and so on. But it's actually, you're actually wearing the mobile device. And the work now, the research now, is how to make these kind of uh, textile comp uh, material more biodegradable, mm -hmm. uh, recyclable, because that's really important in order for it to hit the market and be accepted by the public around And you. they'll be safe to wash and the whole process yeah, of so cleaning clothes and... Yeah, that's, a, that's the idea. If it's recyclable and biodegradable, then it's, it's, it's safe for it to wash. Yeah, and then right. once you dry it, it comes back to operate again as normal. Okay. Well, that seems... <laughs> uh, does it affect? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So, okay, we're wearing all these antennas on us, yeah. or these sensors or whatever. Uh, I'm not saying like looks like um, so AI. It's not artificial intelligence, but it's like it's something like out of the movies. Will just be a huge antenna transmitting data? <laughs> 
Is that what you're thinking of us? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, we're actually somehow we you are, don't care. You do the no, antennas, no, right? <laughs> no, no, I do. We are so f- from a safety perspective. So now a mobile phone, we always use that. A mobile phone at the moment transmits two watts, and you're using it all the time. Yeah. Everything that we, you see in this conference and and being publicized in research it uses much lower than that. Something like ten times lower than the two watt value ah. you have. So everything we design have restriction and and have policies and regulation that doesn't allow us to exceed the limit. But and is it additive? Like, you know, like no, medicine, for example, you yeah. can't take just because it doesn't affect you in small quantities doesn't mean it won't affect you if you've got 10 transmitters like this on you. Yeah, no, so it, it doesn't because the, the, the part you're talking about additive is in order to make waves additive and focus on one area, you have to work really hard to optimize. And that's what people are trying to do for breast cancer detection and treatment. They place the antennas very small to each other. They have high power pumped into the device. So you can actually damage the cancerous cells in this case. But for the wearable stuff, they're very low power. They scattered around the body. They use different frequencies. So they will never be a big threat actually for health in general. So uh, can you give us some applications? I, I get the clothing, but... Yeah. Um, Let's not just say in general, in health, how do you believe these kind of antennas in clothes or other examples that you might have will help uh, human beings and patients? Do you have some examples? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest obstacles or one of the biggest hurdles for um, health services in general is the cost that it takes them for people to come into the hospital, do the diagnosis, take the treatment, take the history and so on. But having these sensors or wearable sensors will allow you to capture information live about your body. You know, the changes, for example, you can capture uh, blood pressure change body temperature changes yeah. and link that to activity. Mm-hmm. See, one of the important things this wireless sensor or body area network concept will do is that link everything together yeah, rather yeah. than isolate it yeah. because for, medic- for medical uh, assessment, this is important. Understand where you are, what you have been doing, what are you doing now and what is, what's the plan or the next step for you. Yeah. Putting everything together will give the doctor or the healthcare a better perspective of your health, your, your, your well-being, your lifestyle and can advise you better. For example, you know, people now are thinking of using application to tell you stop eating uh, fatty mm-hmm. food or stop eating, for mm-hmm. example, a certain type of fruits because that doesn't go with your body. Yeah. At the moment, it's very time consuming and it's, it's really tough for people just to go. I, I, I don't know in, in different countries, but for example, where I come from the UK, you don't see the same doctor every time you go. So you see different people. Yeah. But if you have this system, it's easy for them just to pull the information directly by knowing, for example, your ID, get all the data together on one go and then make a, a useful, effective assessment. Well, um, to be honest, there, there's a missing link in my opinion because I get that you get all this data, yeah. but who analyzes them and makes them – you're talking about being body and environment agnostic and knowing where that information, what the surroundings were, and you actually say that somewhere knowing your surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying, but there is a missing link as to who's going to be interpreting all this data because I really don't think doctors will be doing it exactly – um, if there's going to be people in between that it's missing right now from studies. There's not people studying that do take big data and convert them so doctors can have it more yeah. easy and make really intelligent decisions when they have all this. So there is a, in my opinion, but that's another conversation. It's not in yeah. yours, but I'm just, you know, we might have some thought on that. That's why. No, but yeah, that's really interesting because that's exactly what people are investing lots of efforts on, which is taking data, not only healthcare, but taking data because now everyone says data is gold. Yep. yep. No one thinks money doesn't matter, yep. but data is analyzing the data and making sense of it, make the initial decision or the initial feedback. Mm-hmm. Now, the other problem, the other biggest problem we're facing is actually feedback to the user. 
user. It's good that they can analyze it. They can tell us, um, um, for example, I'm going ill or something happening to me. Mm -hmm. But what kind of feedback is more effective to me? Is that showing me, for example, my heart is bursting or, for example, showing me that a picture of me mm -hmm. aging very quickly. Mm -hmm. So th this is another part that is actually human interaction with feedback, which is a really important aspect now of healthcare, of consumer application, of anything to do in technology. Human acceptance and interaction with yeah. what they're getting, actually. It's quite complicated. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it is, it is. And yeah. there's still a need of people specializing in analyzing this data. We used to say data mining and we just meant everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's open data, big data. We actually had two speakers today, one about uh, data, Mrs. Wang, and we also had Ms. Karamagioli talking about open data. Ah, okay. So it's an issue of policy, who controls the data, who pays for the data. And then how, and I'm saying, how do you interpret it? You, you could have people in between to take all this. Yeah. See what was happening in the environment when I was having my heart racing. I could be, my heart could be racing because there's a man I'm interested exactly, in no, and, yeah. and it's that, yeah. or I'm sick. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different situation. But I might be hypochondriac and then I was going, oh, I'm sick <laughs> and something else. So, um, you, you mentioned in one of your videos that you aim to create smaller, flexible, more flexible antennas without losing efficiency. Which is obviously crucial. Yeah. So where are you there? Can I just give us <laughs> some insights? Yeah, a little bit of the future. You know, I want to. Where we're we going? Where are you going in your own field? Yeah. So, so the idea is that we want. So, in my field, so cognitive is really the concept that I would like to go ahead with and, and explore more. Because what I want is that one element, for example, one antenna or radio element that can do everything that I want from it. So it can do mobile communication. It can do Wi-Fi. Can at the same time that element can also give me healthcare information, communicate with the with the healthcare, for example, do uh, interactive art for me or interaction with social network, you know, interacting wirelessly with people ver or virtually or physically with each other. Mm -hmm. So I want one device to do that rather than the multiple stuff you have in your mobile phone, your laptop, because they all will interfere with each other. You have to design everything separately and put them together. But if you have one that does all, that's really the perfect solution for everyone. And in addition to that, I mean, talking about making it efficient, one of the challenges physically is that the smaller you get your wireless devices keeping the same level of frequency and band you're using, the less efficient you get it. However, new techniques using material, something we call metamaterial, okay. and, and using highly conductive, for example, thread for sound antenna, you can enhance the, the wave uh, radiation from these devices. And hence, you can get better efficiency of getting signal out there. Mm -hmm. to whatever you want to send it to. It's, that's interesting because one of the things you talked about materials is I did hear uh, Gianluca Lazzi talk about liquid uh, sensors yeah. and, and and that was, you know, it's suddenly all this material and all this stuff. And then uh, it's it's baffling because we heard about pants with eight sensors. Okay. And I really, truly, I wasn't interviewing her, but I was. I wondered why does it why does it have eight sensors? Can't one do everything, but it's something that has to be done. Exactly. Obviously, yeah. At the about. moment, yeah, with the limitation because one can't do everything. But the, the idea is that you have one sensor that can sense different type of parameters, mm -hmm. and, and lots of people are working on that. If it's not from the wireless or e-health or mobile health, people are doing it for um, bi biology and chemistry. So designing a small chip that they can take a blood flow and analyze everything to mm -hmm. do with that blood flow rather yeah. than just one element on its own. 
Well, so it's going to be leaps. A lot. Of, I think in the next years oh, yes, we'll be definitely. seeing amazing things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To me, my opinion is yeah. going to look impressive. So um, I do suggest everybody go and watch your TED talk because <laughs> it was you. you're a spectacular presenter actually. <laughs> Thanks. So and much. one of the things I did learn, guys, I had no knowledge. He was. Uh, you also work with the light spectrum, and you uh, you will tell us a, bit, a few things what you're doing there, okay. uh, making light bend. Yeah. So you use an, a great example where you ask the audience whether a bear is white or black. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have... Polar, I, I thought, polar bear. A polar bear, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I, went, I wanted to answer white. But somebody from the audience answered black. And he goes, yes, of course, black. <laughs> because their hair are translucent and they're reflecting the light. And I go, oh, my God, I had no idea. So what's bending? What what does that have to do? So, and why are you doing these yeah. studies? So th- these are great examples because they show you that we always see a light physically or mathematically as something that travels in a certain speed in one direction. And it's either going to hit something and reflect sharply back or go somewhere else or attenuate. But then in nature, there's so many examples that shows us the way you're receiving light and then you're reflecting it out there you can manipulate it and you can make it appear differently than what people think. So, for example, the polar bear, the hair is translucent, so it captures all the white light coming from the surrounding and back into our eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, mirage is a perfect example for seeing that the light coming from the sky doesn't just hit the floor sharply and go back, but it actually bends slowly, which means it's reflecting slowly because the hot air above the ground in, in, mm-hmm. in very hot countries yeah. make it denser and hence the wave will slow in Correct. its movement. And by understanding that, we know that as engineers we always think can we actually reconstruct that using uh, lab materials or stuff we do in the lab and that's what researchers have been working extensively around the world on creating this metamaterial that allows you to take radio waves light waves sound waves and make them bend around an object so it goes to the right or the left or whatever direction you want it to go you can use it application you can make objects invisible obviously it's got military Think yeah, to it. Yep. Yeah. But people are thinking about also the idea of can you make these material around the basis of building? So you make these, the basis of building invisible for surface waves, which comes after earthquakes. In this case, you minimize the effect of surface waves on buildings and constructions. Also, there's ideas, I know it's, it's blue sky and science fiction, but in, in surgery where you can put metamaterials around certain organs so the surgeon can see behind these organs and can access areas that were uh, never possible in the past. That's impressive. Yeah, so it's an idea. Uh, crazy science, but it, it might isn't, happen. There's no crazy science. I'm sorry. There's nothing, nothing crazy with science. So, okay, I was gonna, that was gonna actually be my next question. So, as a researcher, and obviously as a dreamer, I want to say that, I okay. think you must be a big dreamer. What would that, where do you see yourself in 20, discovering what in 20 years? What, how do you see, uh, the future that you can create for us? Huh. Well, so, okay, so, what would you it, want to make come true? <laughs> oh, so many things. <laughs> come pinpoint one. But no, what is really, what I've been really interested in recently is, is multidisciplinary research. So I don't want, I don't see myself focusing only my area, but I see my area touching different areas in the research field. For example, something that's really of interest to us and we just started recently working on it. How can what we do have better information back for people with mental health issues mm-hmm. because this is a big issue we it have is. in western europe especially with all the stress so I, I want my technology not to be only confined to mobile or people who understand technology but i want everyone to understand it i want everyone to be touched by it for example can i use uh, for, for wireless to 
enhance education for children? Can I use it to have a better uh, mental well-being for uh, society around it? Can I use it, for example, to have more interaction? So rather than having just a virtual social interaction, can we bring that back into the physical domain? So we can mix it together. So in, encourage people that it's still techie, but at the same time, you're still being talking to people around you. Mm-hmm. So it's, I can't pinpoint it to one thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I suppose you have a lot of dreams. That, that, that actually opened, that just reminded me that we were outside preparing for this interview. We did our initial talk. And you said something interesting when I told you something another researcher mentioned. Um, he was telling us off mic that uh, he can't convince his wife to use a sensor for the baby <laughs> that can tell what's his problem when he's crying. And you said, you wouldn't use that either. That's yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's weird. You're making mm, sensors, I know. but you wouldn't put one on your own baby. Yeah, my it's, it's, see we're that? talking about non-invasive because you said that is crucial. Yeah, it was non-invasive. Something like a tape that you would put on his ear, and you would know if he's crying because he needs change. Mm. He's hungry. And whatever, but you said that. I, I want you to explain that to me no, on I the might, mic. Yeah, on the mic. I might try it, but I want to put it all the time because it's still there is something inside me that still doesn't think, think in a scientific way. This is the emotional acrum inside me. I think that's my baby. I put this creature to the world, so I want to protect it from everything. Even if I'm 100% sure that radio doesn't affect it. And from I, your own science. Yeah, from my own science. <laughs> I would try it on myself. I did so many things on myself. I experiment in the lab and so on, but I don't know. Okay, don't know. Uh, would you put it on your wife? She wouldn't agree. That's the problem. <laughs> I would, but she wouldn't agree. <laughs> oh, so you... <laughs> okay, men. <laughs> anyway, it was a real pleasure having uh, you, and you. I'm really happy. You were last for us today, uh, last interview, but not least. That, thank that's you. sure. And we had fun, I think. Oh, thank you. So it was Dr. Akram Alamini. He's from Yemen, by the way, yeah. and I like we had such a big diversity. <laughs> and he's Associate Professor at the Queen Mary University in London. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks and I'm Vicky Kolovo, and this interview was for Tech Talk Central. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.